For over 30 years, volunteers at the Chads Ford Historical Society have been interviewing residents to preserve their memories of Chads Ford. Hank's Place is an institution that has been a fixture in the area in one form or another for almost 80 years. Hank's Place now stands at the intersection of Route 1 and Creek Road in the center of Chads Ford. In its earliest days, it was located about 50 yards further south on Route 1, closer to the Brandywine River. At that time, it was little more than a hot dog stand. The owner was a fellow named George. It didn't even have a sign. One of the earliest memories was shared by Eleanor Flaherty, who owned the Chads Ford Hotel, which later became the Chads Ford Inn and then Brandywine Prime. Eleanor was remembering the time a lady came through town on her horse. She was riding from Maine to California. Miss Annie Wilkin came from Maine, and I was out in front of the hotel on the porch one afternoon when the children were getting off school bus, and all this commotion was going on down the corner. And there was a, an old, uh, a little hot dog stand. Was that the beginning of Hank's? Yes, that's where Hank started. Uh-huh. That's where Hank started, yeah. at George's. That's oh, right. It was called George's, wasn't yes. it? I can remember him with a little hat, hat on his yes, head, a little he white did. hat. Yes, little fella, yeah. and uh, it was, that was George. I see. And uh, so she had gone on by the hotel on her horse, this lady, and she had come from Maine. On her horse? Yes. Uh, so it was late in the afternoon, and I did not want her to go up the highway in the, because it was all hills to, uh, to uh, Kenneth Square. And uh, so I asked this little girl to go down there to George's and tell the lady with the horse to come back here to the hotel. And, of course, uh, we had the barn was still up. Now, this was in 1956, according to this news clipping, yeah. and the lady was 64 years old yeah. at the time. Yeah. She appeared with two horses. Well, I don't know. This was out in California. This is oh, one that uh, Art Linkletter gave her after she got right. to California. Right. But she was had her horse and her dog. She came back, and I said, uh... I think you better stay here with us tonight because it's too dangerous for you to go up the hills. And where she was going was going to go to the police station to stay, and uh, which they took in a lot of people that were on the road. They would let them sleep in there. So uh, we put the horse up in the, well, the men around. Somebody took the horse up to the barn and they bedded it down and they, and she came in and uh, I said, well, you, you, you need the rest. And she was quite a character. I bet. She uh, lived on a farm in uh, Maine all her life, never got very far away from it. She lived with her uncle and her father, who were brothers, and they had a pig farm. And that's all she ever knew. And when they died, the men died, she, at the age of 64, decided to sell everything she had and take a trip. <laughs> and she said the only thing she had to, to go on was her horse. And uh, that's how she arrived at our place. And the dog? What, the dog. Did he ride too? Oh, he walked long and back. She wasn't very fast. Peter Wells remembered the place as well. He mentioned a fellow named Hank, but he was actually talking about George. Hank's place. I remember when Hank's place was a little burger joint and it was um, located um, about 25 yards, or perhaps 50 yards south of um, uh, the current Hanks place. And um, I remember they closed in September and reopened in April. And the guy went to Florida and um, 
least that's what we were told. And the guy being Hank? Yes. This happens every year? Yeah. Um, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. Um, and they sold hamburgers and hot dogs, and that was it. And, uh, so it was more like a stand. So I would say, was it a sit down, eat in place, or a no, it was stand? A, you wouldn't eat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Had, did you ever eat in there? Oh yeah, plenty of times. Um, but um, they serve wonderful burgers, and they have not lost the technique. Missy Bauman caught the school bus at the spot. Like Peter, she calls the owner Hank, but it was actually George that she was speaking about. She wasn't George's biggest fan. But we had to take a school bus, and the school bus met us at um, Hank's. No, it didn't have a sign. Everybody just knew it was Hank's. It was an old shack with a screened-in porch and a counter, and Hank was usually in the back. He always smelled funny. I realized later he was drunk. I could not understand how anybody could call that a business. We, we went there to get on the school bus. He went somewhere else in the wintertime. It wasn't heated. It had a counter that went from this wall and then down that way. Screens, a lot of the screens with holes in them. A screen door over here, which had the screen that's kind of bolted out. Um, Joe would go in there sometime and have his uh, lunch, and it could not have been much more than a ham sandwich or a hot dog. But when we met the bus there, the screen didn't have a lock on it, and if it was raining, we'd go in. It seems like maybe George wasn't Missy's biggest fan either, after a prank some of her friends pulled on him. He would not let us in, and it was, it was pouring down rain. So the next day, the boys decided they would get him back. <laughs> so they stole film from their parents. We were hoping, I didn't know what they were going to do, but I knew they would do something wrong. Um, they stole film and hoped, Johnny said, all right, just hope he hasn't locked that door. And they took the film in. <laughs> put it in some kind of a bucket, and lit it, and it was like the biggest stink bomb on the East Coast. <laughs> and it woke the old man up. Yeah. Oh, he slept in there too? He slept in the back on a cot. I, I looked see. in the window one time, uh, around back, and it was, it was a cot. I, couldn't, I could see no indication of a thing that looked like a bathroom or a sink or anything like that. He had the brandy wine. <laughs> Probably. But, uh, and the cot looked like it didn't have, it, it's, I could see the ticking. It was, it was just not a pretty, it didn't look like a pretty way to live. But, but that they created this giant stink. Uh, oh, we did. And all of the, in the, in the, I'm sure that it went under the door, where they had the door closed between the, the counter and the <laughs> other part. I'm, sh I'm sure that's what woke him up. And then we were banned forever. <laughs> you go to jail now. Yes, you probably would. probably would. Well, now, did he realize that you, you guys had done it? He knew exactly who did it. <laughs> and I heard, I heard words that I thought grown-ups didn't say. <laughs> Did your parents find out? No. Okay. <laughs> the less said, the better. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hank Shoup bought the business in the 1950s and added a counter with about a dozen stools. But it stayed in the same location down by the river until 1978. It quickly became more popular with the local crowd, including Andy Wyeth. 
used to go to Hank's place, and it was the old restaurant, it was just a counter, and it was Ma and Paul Shoup. Um, Paul Shoup was Hank, and it was the owners, and um, he'd sit at the counter, and that's how I got to know Betsy and Andy and Jamie, more like, more like you know, Betsy and Andy, because Jamie didn't come that much, but one day we're all sitting there, and, and I remember Andy's at the end of the counter, and Betsy was next to him, and I'm like two or three people up. And his car full of people in suitcases pulls up out front. I think it was a station wagon. And the guy comes in and Hank comes over to the counter and he says, Can I help you? He says, Yeah. He said, We're he told I forget where he said they were from, but they're down here. He said they want to find Andy Wyatt's house. They want to see his house. <laughs> and Hank's like shrugs his shoulders. And Andy turns around and says, You know, that son of a bitch is a real recluse. He said, he's lived here for years and nobody knows where he lives. And he's having a conversation with this guy. The guy leaves all disappointed. We're busted up laughing. You know? The guy to the day, if he's still alive or dead, you know, he's probably never knew he talked to Andy Wyatt. That was funny. That was really funny. David Poston recalled that the local patrons were always protective of Andy's privacy. Oh, yeah. He would walk in that place and, and the, he, he just... He treated everybody there as they were his best friend. I mean, and, and everybody would just kind of light up. Mm -hmm. it was, I thought it was interesting that, that locals, people who were there at Hanks and who knew who Andy was, and w were very quiet about it. I mean, they would not, they would not uh, say, oh, there's Andy Wyeth. They would, in fact, protect him from, from uh, anybody who would say, you know, where, the, where, where does Mr. Wyeth live? Oh, I don't know where Mr. Wyeth lives. <laughs> Jim Duff, the original director of the Brandywine River Museum of Art, was also a patron. Well, one of the earliest places I patronized, yes. Uh -huh. I think after the uh, first night I was here, I went to a place that no longer exists up on 202 for a quick dinner. There was a sort of country restaurant up there. Mm -hmm. And the next place was probably Hank's. But Hank's in those days was really different. You, you remember, I mean, Hank's was, was a piece of... Could you call it vernacular architecture? Unique architecture. <laughs> uh, the, the museum's brilliant architecture, uh, architect Jim Greaves, uh, was so sad when that was torn down. I mean, he, he was genuinely upset uh, because there was nothing like it anywhere else in the world. I hope there's sufficient photographs of it. And then Hank built the place that's there now and filled the floodplain to be a much bigger parking lot. Right. Yeah, there are a number, number of images of Hanks and, and its various incarnations in, in, at, at the place, either paintings or, or, I think, photographs as well. So. It was extraordinary. I mean, there were, what, about a dozen, maybe 15 stools in a row. And in the morning, uh, people from Chad's Ford would go in there, and 15 people or whatever would fill the stools, and then that many more people would stand behind them. Still and Hank that. would serve everybody uh, <laughs> cooking right there. I mean, it was an immediate thing. There was very little space. The windows would steam up, and everybody heard everybody else's conversation. It was a very dangerous place to speak. Uh, it was a good people, place to listen. <laughs> uh, yes, a lot of people listened, and uh, a lot of people wondered, and I more than once heard it in those days, um, why does everybody in town know X, Y, and Z that I'm to do? And of course the answer was they did breakfast at Hank's. <laughs> and uh, Hank was a crusty character. He was. He was enjoyable. Yes, I heard he was perhaps not always politically correct. Uh, don't remember that. I don't remember him being um, disparaging of anyone. Uh -huh. I do remember that he was pretty blunt. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs>
Uh, but people used to go there, uh, all kinds of people. Andy Wyeth would go almost every day to Hank's, you know, for a cup of coffee. And if if uh, people came to town uh, to see Andy or whatever, he'd take them to Hank's for coffee, maybe for breakfast. Uh, it was not unusual to uh, to run into some people there who were fairly well known. I suspect Hank Fonda probably <laughs> visited more than. But a, lo a lot of people kind of stopped going, I think, when the new place was built. Really? I think because there was the atmosphere just totally changed. Yes, I, I remember hearing Jimmy Lynch once oh, talk, Jimmy talk Lynch. about how Hank's Jimmy had gone Lynch to hell. <laughs> well, Jimmy Lynch might well have said that. Yes, he might. He would. Well, you don't believe anything Jimmy Lynch would tell you, do you? No, but I mean, it's always, it's always charming. <laughs> Jimmy's opinions were important. His facts might be suspect, right. or his statements, rather. Cliff Heinemann ate there often and also attended school with the Shoup's children. I used to go there as kids and uh, we'd get a hot dog or a hamburger and we'd cause him a lot of trouble. I'm sure he was glad when we, when we left there. <laughs> now when you talked about Hank's place, hamburgers, hot dogs, it was a whole different type of, it was like a hamburger stand? Yeah, it's a hamburger point. stand, yeah. Did yeah. they have seating inside? Yes, they had, like at a camera. Yeah, they uh, they had the seating inside, just like the round stools. But anyway, the uh, Hank's well, I knew we knew Hank and Hank's wife, and his uh, his son uh, was in our class. Uh, he had a, a daughter, uh, Hank, and, and uh, I can't think of her first name. Yeah, I can't either. Becky King remembered that things were often hectic when the breakfast and lunch rush happened. When Hanks was the original Hanks, which was literally a grill with seats around it, there was Hank and his wife, Ginny, and then they had one other waitress who worked, so Sonia Layton, Sonny Layton. And um, Paul Scarborough did a cartoon, and it used to hang in there. It was so great. It was of the three of them, you know, trying to serve, you know, lunchtime crowd. Andy Bell ate almost every meal there when he was young. I grew up at Hank's place, really, uh -huh. because back then, when well, my mom and dad separated, so my dad and I, we lived in the shop, in the back of the shop. He had living quarters back there. We didn't have a kitchen, so we'd eat at Hank's every day, either there or the Birmingham Grill up the top of the hill. I got many pictures of Hank's underwater, the old Hank's. Mm -hmm. yes. And Horton's restaurant, I have to show you a picture, the old original part of Horton's looked identical to Hank's old oh. restaurant and built the same Do way. Do you mm -hmm. have any idea why that was the case? Was there were they under common ownership or same architect or something? Mm -hmm. Horton's, they lived right down the street, like across from the tavern, at the entrance to Harvey Road, their old stone house. And he had a wire from the restaurant to come down to his house because the place was broken into all the time. Mm -hmm. So he set up his own little burglar alarm system. <laughs> One time it went off, he went up here and he caught the guys in there, he fired at them, shot a hole in the toilet, but... <laughs> it wasn't just food that brought people. Every winter, people ice skated on the slough behind the building. Slough is a polite term for swamp. But in the winter, the slough would freeze, and we would always go skating back there. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen. I don't know why. It just I don't I don't know why. I mean, that was just a big thing. You'd park your car tanks and go skating. People are more protected, you know. Like how well, yeah, risk yeah. if somebody hurts themselves because there were stumps and things, and you'd always oh, fall. Yeah. And oh. but it was a nice thing. It would be as soon as that thing would freeze over, everybody would go down to ice skate. Donald Tulloch 
tells us a bit more about the location of the original Hanks. What was where Hanks is now? I have a picture, and I think you have a copy of it here. I've seen it in the book, anyhow, of the um, blacksmith shop on that corner. And uh, there was another building besides that blacksmith shop that survived. little square building, maybe 12 feet square, um, used by a plumber named Brittingham. Uh, that little building was there probably up until 20 years ago, or up until they remodeled Hanks, at least. But where Hanks was a nine stool, uh, little Hanks that is uh, depicted in pictures just as you go in Hanks uh, today. And behind that was just the marsh. The Brandywine is famous for its floods. What is typically a 50 foot wide sedate creek can become a 300 yard wide torrent after a heavy rain. This eventually forced Hank to consider relocating. Tish Ayers, Norman Glass, and Stephen Danby remember the floods. And of course, it was Hanks, which was very different than Hanks had originally been down much closer to the Brandywine. And then we had uh, serious floods. Those floods were quite monumental. I remember they moved the, they moved Hanks up from the Brandywine because it was you know it was flood, flood all the time. But I guess it was probably the mid to late sixties. We had we had a couple of big big floods to the point where we could not even leave our house while the Brandywine was up over Route 100 and because my husband at that point was no longer working for DuPont, he was working for a brokerage house in Philadelphia so he had to go to Philadelphia every day. He took the kids raft and got in the raft <laughs> and paddled up to Route 1 and met Tom Jenks and Tom would also go into Philadelphia to go to work. So. The joke was that uh, somebody should send a um, cartoon into the into the Harvard Review and, and say, you can always tell a commission salesman. Hanks <laughs> <laughs> was always getting flooded because it was real loud. It was, yeah, it was just a little one-room building, and they cooked on a grill. Um, and then I guess they retired. I don't know if they built the building that's there now, if it was the new owners, I forget. But I know Agnes really devastated him. Agnes, I went home that night. It had rained for like two or three days, as you probably remember. And they were calling for the, and the brain was real high. And, I, and I, that's when I, I said to John, I'm going to go home to make sure my mother's all right. And it was air getting home because all the creeks were flooded over the roads. But that night, which I missed, thank goodness, the Brandywine line flooded so bad it was all the way up to the porch of the Chad's Ford Inn. And um, it was like four feet of water in John, four, five, I guess four feet of water in John's office. When Hanks, the first flood we had, I can't remember all the dates, uh, but the first flood we had, it damaged the little old restaurant extensively. Fixed it, or they fixed it back up basically the same way. And a few years later we got another flood and everything came right through the building and that's when the new building was built at that time. In 1978, Hank finally moved the restaurant to its current location. He continued there until selling it to Pete and Vula Schiatis in 1991. They turned the reins over to Anthony and Katie Young in 2017. If you are ever in the area, it is definitely worth a visit. The motto on the sign tells you what you will find. Hanks, where hungry people eat and friendly people meet.